guys, Paul here from Belgium Performance Coaching in and the Complete Personal Training Podcast in the second episode of our range motion and tempo discussion. So to quickly summarize, in our first episode, we defined what range of motion was, we defined what tempo was and where they came from and some different approaches to it and how they can apply. In this episode, we're going to take a deep dive into range of motion and its application to each of the main training goals. So for this one here, hopefully you did the homework, which is you experimented with your range of motion, you had a look at it, and we can see if our viewpoints marry up or if there's any differing opinions. And if there are, reach out to me, let me know. Discussion is the best way we all learn. I'll learn something, you'll learn something. It's a win-win. So with the main goals, we've got hypertrophy, fat loss, strength, athlete performance, and rehabilitation. And as I mentioned in the first podcast, you know this is kind of a little bit inspired by the debate between Dr. Mike Isertel and Dr. Joel Seedman with their range of motion uh, discussion. Mike is team for ROM. Joel is team 90 degrees is optimal for every human. I tend to side with Dr. Mike quite significantly, uh, but I do see an application for reduced range of motion. I just don't see a standardized number. So let's address range of motion to each outcome. Hypertrophy is the first one. So building muscle is the first area we're gonna apply range of motion. The first thing about this is when you're looking to build muscle, what you're looking to do is activate high threshold motor units and ideally to get muscle fibers to fire and move for load. So then they grow, they adapt and they respond to that stimulus. Very long winded process if we go through it all, but nevertheless, that's pretty much what we're trying to do. The thing with full range of motion is if you don't take a muscle through its range of motion to actually activate, those high threshold motor units or any motor units, you aren't going to stimulate those fibers. So what's that going to do for the hypertrophy outcome? It's going to take away from it. Uh, so ideally, in most cases, in all cases actually of hypertrophy, a greater range of motion, all things being equal, is going to be better for achieving the said goal of hypertrophy. The only exception to the rule in this particular scenario is differentiating between an active range of motion, so like the muscle's actual range of motion, or just overall range of motion. So this is where looking at things like Romanian deadlifts, for example, some people have got really flexible lumbar spines. It's a fact of life is what it is. Uh, when they do a range uh, Romanian deadlift, what can happen is they can actually move to their hamstrings limit of its range of motion and then keep going by arching their back and basically getting extension through the lumbar spine rather than more flexion achieved at the hamstring at the proximal end. So when we're looking at range of motion, we want to optimize it as best we can, but we want to make sure it's coming from the right place. Now, generally it's quite easy to see in most exercises if someone's doing that. So what are some examples uh, that are a bit trickier? First one will be a leg press. Full range of motion in leg press, the goal is to really get full hip flexion and full knee flexion so you can get the full stimulation of all the quad muscle fibers. Now that works really well unless you're getting the range of motion from somewhere else. So if you see a client who's doing a leg press and they're rounding their lumbar spine under quite significant load, what's happening is they've taken that tension, that range of motion away from the quadriceps and they've started putting range, or well, I guess load into the lumbar spine, which is not where you want it for that particular exercise. So making sure that you work through that person's achievable range of motion and not just setting arbitrary standards of like say knees to armpits for a full range of motion leg press. Go as far as you can without your lower back coming off the platform is a fantastic advice for that. 
So for hypertrophy, all things being equal, more range of motion equals more motor unit recruitment equals more hypertrophy. It's a win-win. Now for fat loss, generally when we're in fat loss training, we're not really doing training to lose fat. Resistance training to lose fat is terrible. It's uh, not the fastest way to burn calories. It's not the most efficient way to do it. And it's an anabolic process. So we're doing resistance training to build and or maintain muscle during our fat loss process. So if that's the concept, then the same principles as hypertrophy will apply to that. If someone's doing a fat loss program, it's not an excuse to do shorter range of motion to get more reps in because of higher metabolic benefit. That's absolutely not the case. The goal is to optimize hypertrophy and to get the most out of it. I would probably argue that it's more important in a fat loss program, if the person's goal includes holding onto their muscle, to optimize active range of motion versus a hypertrophy program due to the unique environment that the dietary stimulus provides. So what I mean by that is if you're in a anabolic hypo, uh, hyper? hypercaloric state, anabolic hypercaloric state, so you're eating more food than what you need, so you're going to be anabolic, uh, generally what happens is building muscle is pretty easy. Well, it's not easy, it's easier process to do. You can do more volume, which can make up for, you know, less range of motion. Uh, you generally are more inclined to grow anyway because you have tissue to, uh, you have energy to take that from. In a fat loss training program, generally you are in a caloric deficit, you're hypercaloric dieting, so you don't have the raw material to build muscle. So you need to really make sure that you give those muscle fibers a reason to hang on and to keep maintaining their size. So going through a full range of motion is the optimal approach for fat loss training. Now for strength training, so this depends on, range of motion depends on the goal. If you're a power lifter, you wanna minimize it. And the reason why you do that is because you can lift heavier stuff. So if you're training for a strength sport, the general best way to achieve that is to minimize the range of motion you have to move the load, which is why a lot of people do sumo deadlifts over uh, normal deadlifts. They do low bar squats instead of high bar squats. And when they bench, they arch their back rather than keep their back flat. So you wanna make sure that you minimize the range of motion so you can use the mo most load possible. That's a technique thing. So the more you practice those techniques, you're gonna get better outcomes in those strength exercises. And the other thing is because you're lifting a load that's generally over 85% of your one RM when you're doing your max strength training, you will activate pretty much all motor units in those muscle fibers anyway. Your goal of your assistance exercises and your hypertrophy training is to basically follow the same principles of hypertrophy training and range of motion to prevent injury, to promote overall general hypertrophy, and to keep you know, keep your body moving in as good range of motion as humanly possible for a powerlifter. Now for athlete performance, it, the range of motion really depends on where you are in the season. So a lot of athletes will actually minimize their range of motion in the in-season for training and work more on power and shortened ranges of motion simply because of joint strain. So if you're an athlete who has a ton of foot contact, a ton of plyometric impact, uh, a lot of what you know on-field and off-field running to deal with, doing full range of motion squats may make your knees sore than doing a quarter range of motion squat. So in athletic performance, it's a little bit different. You might be using shorter ranges of motion in some exercises to achieve a very desired outcome. So that's something that's obviously beyond the scope of a 10 minute podcast. Off season, you probably wanna maximize the range of motion because hypertrophy is gonna be a consideration there. You wanna make sure joint stability and joint health is a consideration there. 
And again, you won't train motor fiber, muscle fibers that you don't actually stimulate by going through a range of motion. So depends on the exercise, it depends on the outcome, it depends on the client or the athlete in particular. So range motion can vary greatly in athletic performance more so than the other goals. For rehab, the final goal for some people, which is to get out of pain, generally what we wanna do is take the range of motion and work within the comfortable range of motion and then move it to the maximal range of motion over a period of time. Uh, that's generally the goal of all good rehabilitation pro programs. So what we wanna do is we wanna identify the athlete's painful range of motion, their non-painful range of motion, train all the muscles around that to still keep a training effect happening for that person and use whatever tools we want, whether it's training, uh, it's soft tissue rehab, it's joint manipulation, acupuncture, dry needling, whatever non-evidence-based approach you wanna have, I'm just teasing people there, but whatever tool you have to help the client get the greater range of motion, then you want to solidify that with strength training. So guys, that's the discussion on range of motion. Uh, have a think about those concepts. Think about the clients you're working with and how you can apply that. And I'll be back soon where we talk about tempo and how to apply that correctly.